Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Man, man, it is so good to see each of you here. And it is great to have McGuire Denmark in the house on location. Got here Monday. I was out of town, but he got here and... uh, our wildlife, our young life, young life can be dismissed with McGuire. M- McGuire's like, I didn't, didn't sign up for young for wildlife kids. <laughs> young life can be dismissed with McGuire. God bless you guys. And uh, we got a few things coming down the pike. Very excited about it. First of all, this is our back to school Sunday, and McGuire is going to be preaching in that service. We're excited about that. The next Wednesday, we have Robert Martin, who is going to be in the house preaching. We love Brother Martin. Excited about that. I just got back in town, had some traffic issues, and uh, hadn't even been home yet. But I was with some pastors in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Just some amazing guys. Just looked at some of their buildings, spent some time with some church planters and pastors. With uh, Ryan Vanderford, where Alexander interned up in uh, Mississippi, northern Mississippi, and then Kyle Flowers, who is up there as well, was with Lane Kuhn and uh, with Paul Price and Court Chavis and looked at Court's and Lane's buildings in the ATL. Just amazing pastors doing amazing work and uh, honored to, to be with those, uh, those men of God. And I'm glad to be home. And... Uh, just uh, excited about what God is doing at LifePoint. There's some things that are going on, y'all, I'm telling you. Next Sunday, so we have this Sunday, McGuire's preaching. The following Sunday, Rodney Boswell will be in the house preaching that Sunday. Rodney is our CPA. And uh, how often do you have a CPA that preaches to your church? Well, we've got one. We also got a tongue-talking banker as well. We love him. Amen to that, John. But uh, Rodney's going to be in the house, and I believe he's got a word for our church, and I'm very excited about that. So tonight, though, you've got a DH, and we're in big little books. This is part 19, the book of Hosea, chapter 4. This is the third installment on chapter 4, and hopefully we'll finish and go to chapter 5. And uh, get into some stuff. So let me say a prayer and we'll jump right into it. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness and your goodness. I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts through your word. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. All right, here we go. Verse 4, I'll kind of pick it up there, do a little review, and we'll move on. Now let no man contend or rebuke another, for your people are like those who contend with the priests. Therefore you shall stumble in the day, the prophet shall also stumble with you in the night, and I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. The more they increase, the more they sinned against me. I will uh, change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people, they set their heart on their iniquity. So here you have a people problem and you have a priest problem. 
And the deeper we get into the book of Hosea, the more we will see they had a deep-rooted priest problem. But the people had problems as well. They wouldn't submit to the priest. The priest maybe gave up at that time. Maybe they just got as carnal as the people. We also see that the people... Uh, people were becoming priests that had no business being priests. So you have this whole people and priest problem going on. We talked about it last time. And then it says that the, the prophet would stumble. The, and then it, it goes on and says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. I, I want to deal with this just a little bit, kind of uh, jumping into this tonight. Uh, they were destroyed not because the Lord gave up on them, didn't love them, hated them. Uh, the Lord wasn't strong enough to protect them. They were destroyed because of a lack of knowledge, a lack of knowledge. And I'm just going to tell you, the source of our knowledge about God is in the Word. Hands down. If you get a dream and a vision and it doesn't line up with Word, it doesn't count. Everything has to line up with the Word, the Word of God. This was generated, it originated outside of this time-space continuum. It came from another world, and it is supernaturally constructed in amazing ways. The rabbis believe that not only are the words in the right place, the letters in the right place, but even the spaces between the letters are there for a reason. Everything about our faith comes from this word. You know, the Bible says, and we sometimes will say, the Bible says that, without, that every man has been given the measure of faith. And we will say it like this. It's, it's a quotation from the New Testament. And what we'll say is we'll say, well, everybody has faith. Everybody has faith. You've got faith. I've got faith. We all have faith. But the scripture is clear and says in, for instance, the letter to the Thessalonians, the church at Thessalonica, the Thessalonians, the, the, the word will say, uh, pray that we're delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith. There's another scripture, Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if we all have faith and yet all men have not faith and without faith it's impossible to please God, is there a contradiction? No. The Bible says we've been given the measure of faith. You want to measure how much faith you have? How much word have you heard? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everybody just does not innately have faith. Now we have a belief system we are believers by nature. The man who says, I don't believe anything, believes he doesn't believe anything. Because we are made with a believer on the inside of us. But you have to hear this word and embrace this word for faith to come from this word and for you to walk in a way that pleases God. So our faith is based on the word. Our faith comes from the word. So when it says my people are destroyed from for a lack of knowledge, it's a lack of word. Knowledge of the word. But it's even worse than that because he says you rejected knowledge. 
It wasn't an ignorance because I didn't know or I didn't hear. It was I heard and I could have known, but I decided not to believe that word. So it's pretty significant. Here you have a lack of knowledge, and it's really a willful ignorance, a rejection of the knowledge of the word of God. And it's this idea. He says you have forgotten the law of your God. You walked away from it. You can have embraced word at one time and then reject it and walk away from it. I believe that. You can have a brilliant revelation of the word. And then you can willfully walk away from it and choose to believe something else. Is that amazing? I don't have time to get into it, but there is a scripture that says that you can get to a point where the Lord will send you a strong delusion so that you believe a lie and are damned or destroyed. And, and, and it's a revelation. The Lord sent you a delusion. So you believe something that came from an extraordinary source and, but it was wrong. And the reason was because you got your heart out of sorts. I've walked this path. I understand what I'm talking about. Here's one of the things that we do here at LifePoint. LifePoint's all about Jesus, people, mission. And we only know what we know about Jesus from the Word. From the Word. And, and, here's the, and, and, and I know we can grow in our relationship and learn things about Him. But we're only learning things about Him that He's already revealed in the Word. It has to line up with Word. Are you with me? So here's one of the things that we believe, that the generations have to get into the Word. Meaning the Word is not just for adults and old people. The Word is for little kids, little children. And what we found that there are a lot of curriculums in modern church world that are all about concepts such as kindness or sharing. And so Sunday school, traditional Sunday school, becomes this teaching of concepts like sharing or kindness, which are biblical concepts, but there's no scripture that's brought into play with those teachings. I'm telling you, very, very little, very little. And so basic Bible knowledge is missed by the kiddos. So they become adults, and they don't know about Jonah, and they don't know about the whale, and they don't know about the three Hebrew children, and they don't know about Nebuchadnezzar, and they don't know about Paul's three missionary journeys. I remember Sister Falk in Waldo, Arkansas, sweet old lady. She was probably in her 30s at the time. I thought she was like 100 years old. And I was visiting my grandma and grandpa on the summers, and Sister Falk would pull us aside into the Sunday school room, and she would tell us about Paul's three missionary journeys. I still remember that to this day. She had a little chart, a little flannel graph. Man, I love flannel graph. This digital stuff, man. Oh, no. Flannel graph was where it was at. And she would tell me about Paul's missionary journeys. Like, and I learned Bible basics, stories, the real from the Bible itself. And we're all about that here at LifePoint. We want our kids to know. And, I, and I, you'll see it in a moment. That's such a biblical thing to teach the children. So my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you've rejected knowledge. He says, I will also reject you from being priests to me. I will not be able to use you the way I wanted to use you because you've rejected the word. And then 
I could say, again, as we'll get into it, the, the idea of I'll reject you from being priest to me. The, the preacher is to preach the word. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Second Timothy 2. Did I give you that? I did. Is it up there? Put it up here. Preach the word. Paul talking to his protege, Timothy. Preach the word. The word. If you talk to people about marriage, talk to them about it from the word's perspective. If you talk to people about money, talk to them about money from the word's perspective. What does the word have to say about it? If you talk to people about raising your children, talk to them from the Word's perspective. Because the Word contains all that you need to live this life. And so the preacher is to preach the Word. And by all means, the core of what the Word is all about is the gospel, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. For crying out loud, don't just teach about marriage and raising kids and stuff like that. Teach the core gospel message, of course. And he says, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. And here's the way we like it as a congregation. And I, I understand. We, we're like, convince me, exhort me, and bear with me and teach me. But we don't like rebuke me with the word, do we? Because I want to do it my way. Preacher gets up, the priest gets up, if you will, and rebukes us by preaching a word that is cutting into our business. And that offends, doesn't it? And so you can choose to reject that word, or you can choose to say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. I surrender to the word. I submit to the word. And so that's what the preacher is supposed to do is to preach the word. We have, a, we have a famine in the land of the word of God, especially in the pulpits. I was just at Pastors University with Pastor Larry Stockstill. Pastor Larry got up and he said, here's the deal. He said, he said here's what needs to happen. You guys need to make disciples. You pastors, you've got to make disciples. You've got to teach them the word. You've got you to teach them the word. And then three months later at the module I was at for Pastors University, he got up and he said, listen, when you're preaching... Be careful how much Bible you use because I'm telling you, he said, it's just the way it is. When you say, well, the Bible says and so-and-so, or you go to a, a chapter, he said, people immediately, they just, they just tune out. They don't want to hear what the Word has to say. And I'm like, well, you told me over here i got to preach the Word. Then you tell me over here nobody wants to hear the Word in modern church. So what do I do? And he's like, it's just a reality. So be careful how much Word you use. And I'm not saying... What he was saying was wrong or right. I'm just saying, it is what it is. And, and here's the truth. I have no choice but to preach the word if I'm to be a word by the definition of the word, right? To, if I'm to be a preacher by the definition of the word. I have to preach the word. We have to be people of the word. Do you know Israel was known as people of the book? We're supposed to be an extenu a, 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 a continuation of that, an extension of that. People of the book. We are people of the book. And so we have to continue in the word. And the problem is if we reject the knowledge of God, we will end in destruction. 
And so he goes on and says uh, a lot of terrible things. Let's look at verse number 9. And it shall be like people, like priests, so I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their deeds. For they shall eat, but they, uh, but not have enough. They shall commit harlotry, but not increase, because they have ceased obeying the Lord. Again, obedience is better than sacrifice, the writer said. It's obedience is so vital. Like people, like priests, you see this, this symbiotic relationship. One influences the other. They feed off each other. The priests like to be patted on the back. You did a great job. And the people want their ears scratched. And so the priest scratched the itch. And the people pat the priest on the back and give them money and stuff. And it becomes a corruption. It becomes a corruption. It becomes religion. That's where religion comes from. Religion, we like to talk about religious people because they're stringent or they're strict. Really, religion is all about people who turn the word into a buffet and only dwell on the stuff that they want to hear and they reject the stuff they don't want to hear. It becomes religion. And Jeroboam the first had made priests from all sorts of people. You can look it up in 1 Kings 12, 31, and then 1 Kings 13, 33. So again, like I said earlier, you have priests who shouldn't have even been in the priesthood. You have prophets that are false prophets, shouldn't have been in the, the prophetic ministry, 2 Chronicles 11, 13 through 16. And so you, you just have this corruption and this religion that is leading to destruction. And then notice this, verses 11 through 14. This is where we left off last time. Harlotry, wine, and new wine enslave the heart. Well, that's good stuff right there. Harlotry, wine, and new wine enslave the heart. My people ask counsel from their wooden idols, and their staff informs them. For the spirit of harlotry has caused them to stray, and they have played the harlot against their God. They offer sacrifices on the mountaintops and burn incense on the hills under oaks, poplars, and terebinths because their shade is good. Therefore, your daughters commit harlotry and your brides commit adultery. I will not punish your daughters when they commit harlotry, nor your brides when they commit adultery. For the men themselves go apart with harlots and offer sacrifices with a ritual harlot. Therefore, people who do not understand will be trampled. And that's a lot in there. But notice this. The spirit of harlotry has caused them to go astray. This really stood out to me as I was looking at this. It wasn't just that the people had itching ears and they got priests to tell them what they wanted to hear and they made the word into a buffet and they, I take this and I reject this. It wasn't just that the people had this idea. It's that the devil put those ideas in their brains. The spirit. And it made me go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Give me that Ephesians 6. Uh, Daniel, if you could please. Dan, uh, Ephesians, not Daniel 6. Ephesians 6. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 
religious people. They're, it's not that they're not spiritual. Because they're hearing from another world. It's an exploitation of their flesh by the spirit world. Are you with me? We can fall into that trap. When, when we become carnal and we reject word, we start hearing things. Hey, here's a way you can do it. You don't need that. You need this. It makes me think of when Cain killed Abel in the book of Genesis. Cain brought a sacrifice that the Lord did not ask. He asked for a blood sacrifice. How do I know this? Well, because in the garden when Adam and Eve fell, the Lord covered them not in fig leaves. That's what they covered themselves in. The Lord covered them in animal skins, which means he slaughtered animals, shed blood, and covered them. That became a pattern from that day on. It was a picture of the cross. And so he's like, this is how you approach me now. This is how we fellowship. You shed the blood. And Adam and Eve continued doing that. And they taught their sons, Cain and Abel. And so Abel kills the animal, offers the blood. The Lord receives his sacrifice. Cain says, I've got a better idea. I, I like to till the ground and I'm going to bring you my pumpkins and my cucumbers and my tomatoes. I'm going to bring you the fruit of the ground, Lord. My, the first of my fruits I'm going to bring to you. It's the best. It's the first. I'm going to give it to you, Lord. It's a tithe. But it's not what the Lord had asked for. And you're like, God, you're legalistic. Well, he's God. You know, go ahead and tell him that if you want to. I can tell you what the scripture says about that. Who are you, O vain man? He told Job, where were you when I carved out the oceans? He knows what's best. It's kind of like your parents, you know, because I told you to, son. Trying to keep your hide alive. You know, don't play in the traffic. Why not? I want to play in the traffic. You can't play in the traffic. You're such a legalist. I'm trying to save you. Cain said, I've got a better way. I'm going to offer the fruit of the ground. And the Lord didn't receive his sacrifice. And Cain became jealous. And so then the Lord approaches him and says, you've got a problem. There's a sacrifice right outside your tent door. If you'll just go offer the lamb, everything will be cool. And Cain was angry, went and found his brother in the field and took a stone and killed his brother. Fast forward to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, 44. I believe we have that, Daniel. Throw that up there. Look at this. Jesus looked at the Pharisees. Do you know what the Pharisees were about to do? Crucify Jesus. Kill him. Notice this. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. What did they want to do? They wanted to kill Jesus. The devil was the originator of those thoughts. They got these thoughts from their father, the devil. You want to do this. You want to murder. He was a murderer from the beginning. What was the beginning of murder in the human race? Cain slew Abel. 
Cain did not just get that idea on his own. The devil put that idea in his brain, which makes me think Cain didn't just get that idea to bring the fruit of the ground to the Lord. The devil put that in his brain. The Lord says, I require blood. The devil went and whispered into Abel's ear, don't give blood. You're a a shepherd. Those lambs are vital for you. They're they're so important to you. They weren't eating. They're shed. They're getting the the, uh, wool off of them. Don't kill a lamb. And Abel essentially said, get behind me, Satan. You're mindful of the things of man. I'm mindful of the things of God. He went over and whispered into Cain's ear, don't offer blood. Why don't you give some of your fruit? It was all about getting them off of the word. And as a result, when it was all finished, right, sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Faith comes from hearing the word. So when we get out of whack with the word, it's not just, I don't like that word. I don't want to do that word. It's getting us out of faith and into sin. And sin, when it is finished, it brings forth what? Death. So here you have this idea of a spirit of harlotry that was causing Israel to act in this adulterous way. All this harlotry and adultery, what does it mean? It meant that Israel was wanting to keep the worship of Jehovah in their pantheon of deities and also offer up sacrifices and worship to Marduk and some of these other deities from these other nations. They wanted to, yeah, let's keep praising the Lord, but they wanted to add these other deities. That's why it was a spiritual adultery. It was fornication. And so, but there was a spirit behind it. Because the devil knew if I can dilute their worship, if I can dilute their allegiance, if I, can, if I can mess with that, I'll get their faith. And without faith, they're not going to please God. The power of God's not going to flow through them. They're not a threat to me. And can I just tell you, church, it is so vital that we submit, that we yield to the book, to the word. We got to get a reading plan back in place for this church when it comes to the Bible. You, you shouldn't just hear the Bible read in church. And that was another thing I thought when I was at Pastors University, Joel. I was like, people don't read the Bible. Sometimes the only Bible they hear is at church. And if we take the Bible out of church, people don't hear Bible at all. How can you be a Christian and not spend time in the Word? We have to be influenced by the Word. All right. So, there was this spirit of idolatry, the spirit of harlotry, and it's striking. Israel wanted to add pagan gods, pile them on. It's not like they said, we want to leave Jehovah. They said, we, want, we still want him, but we're going to add some. Deuteronomy 6 This is word. This is one they had rejected. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's the idea. There's only one God. 
So, so anytime you put something ahead of the one God or try to bring in someone that you think to be equal with God, it's idolatry. There's only one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. Give me the next verse, uh, Daniel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. It's the Shema. It's the last thing a Jew ever wants to say. And you shall love the Lord your God with all. David one time prayed, give me an undivided heart. It's with all your heart, soul, and strength. And then he went on and he said, and you need to teach your kids this word. Your kids, talking about multi-generations, right? Teach the kids the word. It's so vital. And then verse 15, though you Israel play the harlot, let not Judah offend. Do not come up to Gilgal, nor go up to Beth-Avon, nor swear an oath saying as the Lord lives. Let Judah not offend. At this time, God's people were divided into two nations, Israel to the north, Judah to the south. Israel's apostasy was far more ingrained, so Judah is cautioned that they shouldn't follow in Israel's ways. Do not come up to Gilgal. This is fascinating. The cities of Gilgal and what he calls here Beth-Avon were centers of idolatry in Israel. So for a citizen of Judah to travel to these places meant that they were sharing in the idolatry of Israel. And they were told, don't go to those places. And, you know, it... it I just have to say this. Sometimes some people get so messed up in their thinking and by the spirit of religion that has infected them that sometimes you just gotta you just gotta sever that relationship with that person. They're deceived. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he said that evil company corrupts good habits. Sometimes you've got to walk away you got to separate. Hey, Abraham, it's time for you and Lot to part ways. Sometimes you just have to separate because they're not going to hear you. They're trying to influence you, and they're not being influenced by you. And so sometimes you just got to walk away. And that's what he was telling them. Hey, Judah, watch out. Don't go to these places. So Gilgal and Beth-Avon. Check this out. Gilgal at one time was... A Bible school. It's where Elijah and Elisha taught prophets the word. It was a Shiva. It was a, it was a Bible school, a, a Jewish Bible school. Gilgal was. And now it's a place of idolatry. I'm going to tell you, Harvard University, Princeton University, they started out as seminaries. And they've lost their ever-loving minds nowadays. Thinking themselves to be wise, they become fools. Yeah. And it, 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 it can be the same in churches. There are many churches where the power of God flowed, and now because of the delusion, and because of the divided allegiances, and because of the whispering of a spirit of idolatry, they've lost their way, and they're, they're, they are platforms for idolatry. That's stout, right? I mean, you got to go where the text takes you. How do we hermeneutically apply this in our world and in our lives. You have to say there are some places that were bastions of truth and now they've lost their way and they're cesspools of deception. 
If it can happen then, it can happen now. Hosea 9, 15, 12, 11, Amos 4, 4, Amos 5, 5. This is where, this is where Elijah and Elisha train prophets, but now it's a center for false worship, Gilgal. And, and there is no city actually named Bethaven. Hosea is twisting the word, the words that, that make up the word Bethel, meaning house of God. And, and Bethaven means house of deceit. The house of God had become a house of deceit. Isn't that interesting? It's a sad day when the house of God becomes the house of deceit. And that's where calf worship was established. The bull cults found a resurgence under Jeroboam I in Bethel, Bethaven. And so he calls it. It's a house of deceit. Man, I'm telling you. I, I was with a, a church planner in New Orleans this week. I mean, it was a bunch of church planners lately. And, and looked at a, a, a church, an amazing church, made of concrete and steel, an amazing Roman Catholic church that is uh, just, just abandoned, torn up on the inside. It's a wreck. It's a wreck. And, uh, but it has a phenomenal potential. We have a, a series on our staircase of photographs taken by Justin Richardson, just amazing photographer, and fantastic pics of churches in Chicagoland that are just empty and falling apart and crumbling. Stained glass, multi-million dollar buildings falling apart, crumbling, and it's called the Dead Church Series. Denominational churches, mainline churches are closing left and right, thousands and thousands and thousands a year. Just the 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 just Christianity is lo has lost its way, but there's a remnant, y'all. I want to be part of that. And the way we do that is we just hang on to this with everything we have. You can take everything from me, but you're not getting this word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I meditate in your word day and night that I can see how to do it, that my way might be prosperous and I might have good success. I will speak the word. I will think the word. I will bow before the word. The word of God is my light and my path. I will obey the word. Can you give him praise right now in Jesus' name? Yeah. And if Israel lost its way, verse 16 through 19, Israel is stubborn like a stubborn calf. Now the Lord will let them forage like a lamb in open country. Ephraim is joined to idols. Let them alone. Their drink is rebellion. They commit harlotry continually. Her rulers dearly love dishonor. The, the wind has wrapped her up in its wings. And they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices. Cattle can safely feed on the open range. They're not easy prey for predators. But a lamb in open country that strayed away from the shepherd is vulnerable. Hosea is making this point. If you act like a stubborn cow, don't expect me to protect you like one of my lambs. You want to be a stubborn calf? 
Remember what the Lord told Saul? Hey, Saul, it's hard for you to kick like a cow. It's hard for you to kick against the goats. What's the idea here? You want to act like a stubborn cow? Ephraim is joined to idols. Ephraim is the largest tribe in Israel, and the prophets often referred to Israel as a whole by the name Ephraim. Ephraim is joined to idols. Let them alone. Here's some judgment. You want to walk away? You can walk away. Prodigal son, right? I'm hitting the road, Dad. I'm sorry, son. But I'm not going there. I'm staying in the house. So the idea is you want to walk away, you can walk away. Let him alone. When I left the Lord, when I walked away, and I'll close with this. When I walked away from the Lord uh, many years ago, very angry, bitter, had some terrible situations that, that happened in church, made me mad. And uh, I got angry and bitter. During those, those, those months, weeks and months, I felt the presence of God so strong. Man, I felt God so strong. I was so angry and I was so mad. And I was drifting. And man, I would just feel the presence of God. I was walking away, but I felt the convicting, convincing, beautiful presence of the Lord so strong. And I misunderstood that, and I thought God approves of my decisions to throw the word away. Because I was throwing scripture after scripture, truth after truth, precept after precept that I had hidden in my heart. I was taking them out, looking at them, and throwing them away. I don't need that. I don't need that. I was done wrong. I don't need that. People are hypocrites. I don't need that. And I was just throwing truth after truth. And I felt the presence of God. I felt like he was condoning everything I was doing. I didn't understand until later. It was his mercy. Saying, hey, fool, I love you. What are you doing? Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you, son. I love you with an everlasting love. I'm sorry this happened. I can heal this up. I can. He was just compassion, just loving on me. And finally, I, I was. it ended up, I'm shaking my fist at him, saying, I don't want any part of you. And then I walked all the way away. And I went for a few years where I never felt the presence of God, ever. But there came a time in my life. Stand with me right now. There came a time in my life where I said, I don't, I don't. I wrote off all that presence of the Lord thing as being psychological, hyp hypnosis, hysteria contrived in my own brain. But what if it was real? Because it felt, I felt so much peace in those moments. And I started rationalizing. I was like the prodigal in the pig pen. I was like, I'm so hungry I'd eat these old nasty corn cobs, you know. But I, maybe in the father's house. And so I, I, the way I got back into the presence of the Lord. Because when I said that, I was like, God, maybe you're real. 
I'd like to feel you again. I didn't feel nothing. I didn't feel anything. Where, where the presence of the Lord came back into my life again is when, and I can remember the day and the hour, there was an absolute surrender to this. It was this. I mean, an absolute. I held the white flag up. And, and there were no terms and conditions on my part. I said, God, I'll, whatever you want. I, I'll drop everything. I won't go back to my home church. I'll become a Catholic. I'll, I'll like, I'll, whatever, where, whatever it is, if you'll show me, I'll do it. I don't, I don't have to go. I took my truth box and and dumped it out, and it was empty. And I said, God, whatever you, whatever you say, I'll put it in that truth box. And I just, I surrender. And, oh, I felt the presence of God like I hadn't felt in many, 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 many years. And slowly I began to fill that truth box. It came from this. Oh, Ephraim, you want to be left alone? Fine. Have it your way, Right? Burger King, have it your, you want to be the king of your life, have it your way. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, like, that. If that's the way you want to roll, that's fine. You, but if you want life and life more abundantly, you want peace that passes understanding, and you want the power of God to flow in your life, and hey, you listen to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit trump the spirit of harlotry that's been whispering into your ear. You begin to yield to the Holy Spirit. And you'll understand, I don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age. But hey, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You can walk in a place of victory as you bow the knee before your Lord and Savior and His book. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I just pray, God, that we would not leave that behind, Father. In all of our getting, let us get understanding, the wise man said. Father, to be a Christian, to be a Pentecostal, by experience, Christian, apostolic, and doctrine, Christian, Father, to be a Christian, to be a Christ follower, by default is to be a person that walks in the word would you please renew a love for the word in our hearts and in this congregation father so we are not destroyed for our lack of knowledge we don't reject knowledge we yield to the knowledge it's flowing the revelation is flowing from your holy book the bible in Jesus name Can you thank you for joining us today we hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.